What's up? Hey, thanks so much for joining me here today on The Shaleen Show. Today, we're going to talk about how to have a difficult conversation with your significant other, your partner, how to get that person to take action when it comes to their mental health or maybe their physical health. We are going to revisit the conversation around TMS, the mind-body syndrome, and the protocols of Dr. John Sarno, as well as many of his students and disciples, I guess you could say, people who now practice his form of healing and the different ways that they teach recovering from your TMS, like using journaling or expressive writing, the processing that needs to happen, including therapy, including meditation. In this episode, we're also going to talk about our own personal experience with how we're doing this personally. We'll talk about some apps that you can use to help you with guided meditation how we are both using that and in very different ways, kind of interesting. I'm also going to talk about my love for eavesdropping on interesting conversations. Yeah, I'm very nosy. And why it's so entertaining to indulge in mind-numbing drama of like reality TV, you know, like the Real Housewives and And when it's appropriate to talk about your friends, is it ever appropriate to talk about your friends or is that gossiping? Is it venting? Where should you do it? How can you do it? And then finally, our love-hate relationship with old dogs and so much more. Okay, so you know I've been talking about how I want to change things up with the podcast. And one of the first things I realized I need to do for a lot of different reasons, not just because some of you suggested it, is put my kind of personal episode, which I was doing on Fridays, put it on Wednesday. And when people suggested that to me, I was like, oh, no, we can't do that because that's just not how we do it. And then I'm like, that's not a good enough reason. And the couple of people who did suggest this were people who subscribed to the Patreon. You obviously know my Patreon is kind of like, it's like this, but even deeper, it's all personal stuff. So it was sometimes weird to put a personal episode up on Friday and then record one on Saturday. Like those are two days apart. So I found myself like filtering and pulling back and not including things on Friday's show because I was like, oh, I better save this for Saturday. And that was making people who don't subscribe to Patreon feel kind of left out. And it was making life harder for me. And also for Patreon people, they're like, it would be kind of nice if those were spaced out. Like I got a personal episode on Wednesday and also one on Saturday if I'm a Patreon member. And I thought about it. I'm like, they would make life a lot easier for me too. It just feels more natural and more authentic. So that's the change that we're going to make. And trust me, I didn't just make this based on what was right for me, even though that would have been okay, right? Like we're entitled to do that. I polled my audience and I think it was only like 5% of the people are like, no, it must be kept on Friday. 75% of the people were like, it doesn't matter to me what day it comes out on, just make sure you continue to keep one of those. And then, I don't know, it was like 20% of the audience said, yeah, it makes so much more sense to have it on Wednesday. So there you go. This is one change that I'm going to be making to the show to improve it. Wednesdays now are going to be more of a personal episode. And as with all personal episodes, I'm sure that there's takeaway. I always want them to just be real and raw and entertaining. But I also hope that there's good takeaway. All right, let's get to it. I just sat down to record. And I have the slider door open in our hotel room. And I can completely hear everything in the conversation of this couple next door and I am such a nosy bitch. you can judge me if you want but first of all I am going to go sit out there and listen and that's just who I am 
Also, I wish I had a pair of binoculars because I find nothing more fascinating than just being able to spy on what people are doing in their high-rise apartments that are across the street from us. I'm just nosy. Let's go take a listen. Okay, I'm back. Well, it wasn't a couple. It was, <laughs> I know all this because I was paying attention to their, con- listen, they're outside on their patio speaking freely. It's a free country. I don't have to put cotton in my ears. And this is what I learned. It was not a couple. It sounds like, I don't know, just based on her voice, kind of a younger, maybe 30-ish gal who was, came to the room. He was her client. Oh, I know what you're thinking, but no, they were doing stretching. So she was helping him with flexibility and no, nothing going on like to make it super juicy in that regard. But she obviously does this with high end clients, like very wealthy individuals who either fly into town or she goes to private homes. So the conversation was actually quite riveting. I hope that they do this more than once a week so I can go out there and listen more because she had some, I'm like, girl, you need a Patreon because she was like, I have no idea who she was talking about, but she was dishing it on these clients who she sees and their one gal she was talking about that she goes to see on a weekly basis and the marital issues and oh my God, that was, I was like, this is better than reality TV. I want her job. Actually, I just want her to have a a show so we could get the scoop. We don't even need to know who you're talking about. It's just very, very entertaining. And why is that? I think it's because it's distracting. It's one of the reasons why not every reality TV show can I tolerate. Some I find incredibly entertaining because it's a distraction. It also makes you feel like, wow, I'm very normal. My friends are very normal. I don't have this kind of drama in my life, thank God. And it's a good lesson in human behavior, but it's also just entertaining because a lot of these things people are just doing for the show, like the way they dress and the drama that's invented. And it's just enough to numb my brain and not have to think too hard at all. And so listening to her conversation was equally entertaining. Just hearing about other people's stuff is sometimes a distraction. I would never wish ill on someone. I don't necessarily want to gossip about, I don't, gossip about my friends. Don't you dare even say something negative about one of my friends. And I won't say something negative about one of my friends unless I've said it to them. I swear to you. Sometimes you're just doing that to process or, and I'm not going to make myself sound like Mother Teresa, there are times where I might, I don't want to say gossip, but like process things because it's just like a safe place to explain my frustrations or observations about someone with my husband or with another friend who I absolutely can trust. And there are people who I assume I could absolutely trust them and they would know that I'm just venting, but I can't be certain. So I'm not going to go there, even if I trust them with other things, because I would never want to hurt someone who I'm literally just venting. I don't really feel this way. I'm just getting out of my system. Kind of the same way, you know you could say it to your husband or your spouse, but you could never say it to out loud. Like, I want to kill our child. So-and-so is driving me bonkers. And you're talking about your own kid. You would never want your kid to know that. Or parenting is harder. Like, I hate being a mother. Like, you would never say that out loud. But you can vent that to someone if you're 
100% positive they know I'm just blowing steam. I don't mean any of this. Speaking of which, you know, I did the podcast a couple of probably a week ago now on TMS, having some type of chronic illness, some type of chronic condition or pain that is unexplained or for those types of people, you know your personality type, you're what they call the goodest, a perfectionist, someone who takes on everybody else's stuff. You don't look to help for other people. You don't really acknowledge when you're in pain or your past traumas. You just are like, plow forward, keep moving straight ahead. I will handle it. I will fix it. I will be the best. I will, you know what I mean? That person, that personality type, type A is a lot. And beyond that, it's kind of Brett's personality, right? And so I did this podcast regarding Dr. John Sarno and his methodology and how he has helped millions of people relieve their chronic conditions by learning this TMS methodology. So I explained the whole principle on that previous podcast linked at the top of our show notes. Then the question is, okay, well, but how do you do this? Because he offered some explanation, but for Brett and I both, we were like, but it doesn't make those things go away. And even talking to the other Dr. Sarno, Dr. Michaela Sarno, she was saying, yeah, I help a lot of my clients do this, but I do it with EMDR. How are all of these people who aren't doing therapy, how does it help them long-term? And does it benefit them if they're also, like maybe they've discovered something that helps them, like journaling, like expressive writing, etc., meditation, all of these other kind of lifestyle techniques, things you can do to help you be present, be in the moment, process through these things. But how do you even know, if you're not a qualified psychologist or therapist, how do you know how to get to your subconscious? How do you know if you have processed something, right? So I'm just going to say this, and I have no doubt that there's going to be plenty of people who completely disagree with what I'm about to say, but it is my personal belief there are ways you can make some problem you're trying to solve even better and quicker by, I don't want to say attacking it, by working to solve it using more than one tool that's available. That's all that this is. It's tools that are available for us, for any of us to solve problems. There's usually more than one tool. And while it's not always the case, in most cases, if you're using more than one tool, you're probably going to get there faster, quicker, and more efficiently. Like so, for example, can you lose weight by just diet alone? For sure. But is it going to be more effective if you actually do education? Sure. And is it even more effective if not only are you doing education and learning how to eat right, but then you're also adding on top of that muscle into your body. Yeah, that's even more effective. All of those things make weight loss or whatever body composition a lot easier. The same is true of someone who I believe is trying to relieve the symptoms of TMS. Is journaling or meditation helpful? And does that help some people possibly heal permanently? Possibly. Yeah, for sure. I think there's lots of people who have said that, but is it even more effective if you could enlist the help of a professional and do some professional therapy around that? I mean, if we're talking about processing past pain. You cannot deny that there are people who have gone to school, have master's degrees and doctorates who are skilled at not just helping you process it, but also helping you to identify it. I can't tell you how many times Dr. Michaela Sarno has told me that she has had clients who 
she thought she had got to the root of their problem, but they were still experiencing blocks and obstacles. And they come back to her like five years later and finally are at a place where they're able to identify something that maybe they were embarrassed or was buried so deep or they just weren't ready to go there yet. It was like deep, deep in their subconscious and they were still, that thing was left unprocessed. So I personally believe like therapy plus all these other techniques seems like the right route. And I've talked to Brett about that and I have to do so in kind of a delicate manner. And because anytime you talk to a loved one about re-engaging in therapy or maybe going to therapy for the first time, there's a timing and there's a delicacy in how you have that conversation. And then there's agreeing to do it which is one thing, like maybe you've decided, yeah, I definitely need to do some probably more therapy. Okay, that's step one. But step two is what is it going to take to make you do the work to find your next therapist or to schedule your appointment or to get it back on the books? And with Brett, we've talked about that, but the journaling piece, and he's totally receptive to that. He's going to be doing that. We just have to find somebody local. The journaling piece I knew was going to be kind of a challenge because he's not a journaling kind of guy. So I thought I would record that conversation so you could hear what that sounded like. And here you go. If you were told that your neuropathy is, we've got it solved, it's pelvic floor. All you need to do is find a pelvic floor expert And you're going to have to go there. It will solve this, though. And you have to go there every other day at 5.30 a.m. And it's going to be pretty brutal treatment. Like they might even have to insert one of their digits in an area where you don't want a digit insert. Exit only. Yeah, an exit only location. And it meant that you could have relief. Would you do that? Let's pretend you didn't have the knowledge you have about TMS four months ago. Yes, I would hundred. I would one hundred percent done whatever a doctor told me was because nobody was giving me anything that said this will fix you. Okay, so now everyone's told you it's this, right? Which I think we both agree, journaling for sure, whatever you want to call it, expressive writing, and in addition to that, probably some therapy. All three of those things, yes. Okay. What do you think about, I'm putting you on the spot right now, what do you think about every single morning at a specific time before you start watching your shows, right? If you've had your coffee, like before your shows, you set that timer and you do it for 20 minutes. We're traveling, so I got to really, maybe I go downstairs because that's one of the things that I've learned that if you go to a place where people don't know you, Mm -hmm. you won't see anybody. So you can just like focus there for 20 minutes. So yeah, I probably could go downstairs before I do any of that. Yeah. I know you could. I'm just asking, will you commit to doing that? Oh, for sure. Okay. For sure. I'll do it too. I'm not going downstairs because I won't have my lashes on and I don't, I don't want to rush around to look cute because if I go downstairs, that will be the day I run into someone who they're like, can I get a picture? Yeah. Oh my God, I thought you were, you look so pretty on Instagram and you look so ugly in real life. And it, I can't do it in this room Why? because you'll come over and be like critiquing my writing and like <gasps> saying like, wait, are you supposed to do it on that type of paper? Do wait, you really think so? Yes. I think that you would be like, well, let me read what you wrote. What if I did it myself too? Well- or do you not want me to do it with? No, do I it think at it's. All? I think it's. It's really important for you to be kind of just like not see anybody visibly that you know that could oh. distract your. Okay, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think seeing you or seeing 
like our kids or seeing I, I think that wouldn't be good or seeing a friend that was here i think i need to go i just go down the hotel lobby there's a great little area mm-hmm. for the next like two weeks yeah the one guy that reached out to us too and i watched a bunch of his youtube videos he's got his own protocol as well he said pick just like anything that you is a daily habit do this he's like if you're this personality type he said, I have to do this for the rest of my life. On the weeks that I don't do it, he's like, I just turn into, you'll have to beat this out. He goes, I turn into a prick. He's like, I just, first it shows up in my patients and with my family. And then the next thing you know, I've got a body thing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, so for me, whenever I get a body thing, I tell myself, oh, of course you do. You haven't journaled or you, he calls it expressive writing or something. You haven't done that in like three weeks. Duh. And he was like, you should pick the same time. He's like, I do it every night before I go to bed. And that would not be good for us. No, I want to do it first thing. Because when I first wake up, I have a little bit of a routine so I can just slide this into the routine. Yeah. I'm really excited because for the last like two weeks since I've figured out, okay, I think this is TMS. Yeah. I've been trying to like process it in my head without writing it. And it goes too fast. Oh. So it makes sense when they said writing slows the brain down and it's Mm going to help you. And I I mean, 20 minutes is going to go by so fast. That's true. You have TMS and I have TMI. Have I already used that joke? Yes. Oh. But I don't know. I don't know if you've used it on the podcast or if you just used it in social or if you use it with our friends. I don't know which one. I don't know what the cure is for TMI, but apparently you need to have a podcast. Speaking of weight loss and weight gain, one thing that I think a lot of women forget is when you gain and or lose weight, you need to change bra sizes and I don't know if you're guilty of this, but so many of us hang on to the same dumb bra long after it doesn't fit. And then we just think, I hate my bra. But it's really probably just is the wrong bra for you. And I want to thank today's show sponsor, Honey Love. Honey Love has changed the bra game. So you no longer have to deal with like uncomfortable underwire. Are you with me? without sacrificing support. This was a game changer for me because after my surgery, I could not wear a bra with any underwire. So I had to find a bra company, someone who made a bra that wasn't like one of these horrible post-nursing bras, but something that was like cute and sexy and gave me lift and support without the underwire. And that's how I discovered Honey Love. Okay, and you know that area like kind of under your arm, you know what I'm talking about, where you get like spillage over or it's like, it's just not flattering. It looks like there's an extra boob under there sometimes. I know you know what I'm talking about. At a certain point, sometimes you just have extra skin. I don't care how lean you are. It's a thing. And unless you are, I don't know, some super freak of nature and you have zero back fat, if you're looking for a bra that like smooths all of that out, they have those too. And they're amazing. Again, they're super soft. They're sleek under your clothes. Honey Love is now a show sponsor. And for a limited time, they've got a big sale going on. You get 20% off your entire order with code Shaleen. Go to honeylove.com forward slash Shaleen. That's how you can support the show. And it is how you get 20% off. Again, that is honeylove.com forward slash Shaleen. Use the code Shaleen to get your 20% off. So you're about to hear the recording that we did the following morning. And listening back to it, I realized we just kind of launched into it. It was a very natural conversation between the two of us. So what I didn't do and I'm going to do now is explain the method that we both were using. And that is really what I would describe as a combination of two different journaling methods, although one expert refers to it as expressive writing. One person refers to it as journaling. But basically what you do for both techniques is very similar. You create 
a list, basically a brainstorming list of all the things that come to mind if you just really truly sit and allow yourself to think about what you think about when you're stressed or when you're bothered or when you're disturbed. One of the techniques suggests to kind of categorize things. So you put childhood, which would be all the way up until 18, your current life. And the third category, I think you would describe as like who you are, your personality, like what makes you you, but not all the positive things, the things that you know probably contribute to some of your stress. And in this methodology, you create three columns and under each column, you just freeform, like literally allow your brain to go there. Anything that you can think of that brings up any kind of disturbance, whether it's anger, frustration, sadness, depression, fear, like anything. And you know, sometimes you have to sit there for quite a while. Like at first, I just was like, I don't know. I don't know that anything bothers me. And then once I started writing, I was like, like I had a lot to write about for at least one of my columns. So that's one technique. The other technique is to simply just not even worry about what category it falls into, but definitely give some consideration and thought to your early childhood. Because a lot of this stuff based on Dr. Sarno's methodology, Dr. Sarno's teachings stems from unresolved pain, anger, triggers, traumas from early childhood, but not all. All right, now this next part, Brett had just walked in and he had the biggest smile on his face. It was early morning and he had just returned from doing his own journaling. All right, it is the next morning and Brett just returned from his journaling experience and I did my journaling experience and I'll let you tell us how that went. It was really amazing. It was weird starting the morning that way. And I've heard people talk about like, don't look at your phone, just like get up and like do something for yourself. And I mean, I know it was just like one 20 minute session, but I was so like into it. So I I did a guided meditation. You have tears in your eyes. Oh, that's because I've been blowing my nose. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) But sorry, it wasn't this like emotional experience, but it was literally like, I woke up this morning and Monkey had done finger painting, paw printing all over our, the white sofa out there and I was pissed. Yeah. I was like, what the hell? Like, seriously, now we got to clean this up? Got her back, fed her. So once I got down there, I wrote out my right list. There. I was in the lobby by myself, like sitting over on a chair. Did you just do bar. this in the push journal? Yeah. So first I took some time. I did the three lists. And then I started 20 minutes. So that wasn't part of the 20 minutes. So I did the three lists, then I did 20 minutes. Can I ask a question about your three lists? Because my three lists, I'll just let you glance at it. You don't have to read it. But here's what my three lists look like in terms of length. My current was the longest. My childhood, I felt like I was making shit up. Yeah, mine's opposite of that. Okay, so your childhood list is really long and your current is short. It's like six things. I didn't write down personality. I wrote like who I am and I didn't know do I write down like positive things negative things or just like what pops in your head I wrote down things that could cause some TMS trauma in me that's what I wrote down I didn't write down like I'm generous I didn't write that down yeah I wrote down things like I'm stressed I can get agitated easy you know that type of stuff I don't think being generous 
puts pain in my body, but the other things do. <laughs> and then so I did that list. That list didn't take very long because I'd been thinking about it for a couple of days. It kind of went fast, probably 10 minutes. Then I wrote for 20 minutes. I didn't look up. After about five minutes, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm into this. To start writing, here's what I did. I looked at the all three lists, and then I picked the one that just like, it almost like jumped off the page, like this is what I want to write about. I picked one that I had never really processed or like it made me feel. I mean, like I'm looking at your list right now. You got three things on your child. I have like 15. So, okay, I'm doing this until I start feeling better. So, I, you know, or whatever, I'm just going to keep doing this. So I'm, I'll get to it eventually. So I wasn't, Yeah. there was no anxiety about picking which one. I just picked one and just wrote it. Because when I went through the exercise about how to do this, it was just pick one and go. Because you're going to do them all. You know, you're going to keep doing them. And there might be something else that pops up. And then I added something. I took a video, so I flipped the camera around and did a video of me tearing up the thing. I'm just going to save that. That's going to be my little, that's, you know me, I got to have some kind of like checkoff thing. So that's my checkoff thing. I don't know how you felt, but for me, I don't want to tear my list up. So I journaled for 20 minutes. I set the timer on my phone. I really, really enjoyed this. I hate the thought, have hated the thought of expressive writing or journaling for a couple of reasons. Number one, my brain goes faster than my hand. To me, I'm like, oh, that's going to be torturous. It wasn't. It slowed me down. I did not take my ADHD medication because I wanted to do this like in my true unfocused state to see if it would focus me. No meds. No meds, yep. And it did slow my brain down, I felt like. Hearing one of the experts, I can't think of his name, I'll find it, his name, and put it in the show notes. But hearing him say, like, don't worry about even if it's legible. Like, if it's just like a squiggle on the page that helps you keep moving faster, then do that. So that was freeing because I didn't... There's no need for spell check. Usually when I write or journal or do anything, I'm thinking about, will I be able to read my own notes later? This I didn't worry about. But I feel differently about my expressive writing because, for me, these are things that I don't just want to get off my chest. These are things I feel like I need to fix because most of my stuff is like current stress. Oh. And so I feel like if I just write it down and rip it up, it'll go unfixed. Okay, that's fair. I mean, I'm sure there's no wrong or right way to do this. So, I mean, if we're talking about TMS and not just journaling, right? Right now you don't have like some stress in your body that's right. causing you pain. So I kind of want to get rid of this pain or whatever it is in my brain it kind of like was nice to rip it it was like oh okay that's gone almost like a mental surgery I can't help but wonder if it's because if it'll be different for me if it's something from the past because if it's something I end up journaling from the past there's no fixing it it happened Mm -hmm. I got to think through it but the stuff I ended up writing about because it's stress for me are current things Mm -hmm. I feel like what I've been doing is in my mental mind ripping things up every day and just being like, oh, well, it is what it is. You know what I mean? And that's why these things linger. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I'm going to keep my page because, but I suspect based on the length of my list of lifestyle current things, I realized 
sorry to sound kind of disjointed, but that's kind of how expressive writing looks. Kind of like all over the place, like what happens when you do EMDR therapy, like or when someone asks you to start talking about something that bothers you, Mm -hmm. and you can jump all over the place because things that bother us are connected. Mm -hmm. I realize a lot of what bothers me, stresses me about our current situation. I take great joy and find so much purpose and fulfillment in creating things that help people like the podcast, like marketing impact, like Insta club hub, like push journal, like those things bring me so much joy. I could cry because I know how helpful they are for people. I also then feel responsible for also being the person responsible for promoting that thing and being the person who explains it, who sells it, who has to be on camera. Not only do I have to create the push journal, if I don't promote it, if I don't sell it, if I don't push the team to create ads and to keep on top of it in social, then it won't help people. And if it doesn't help people, then it doesn't make the company money. And if it doesn't make the company money, then people aren't getting paid. And then we don't have a team. And then I don't get validated by people because I've helped them make a living or make money, etc. But I don't need that. But there's a component of me subconsciously that feels like if I do not just create it, but then I also do the promotion, the sales, the advertising, the like all the things connected to it. That's the only way it's going to happen. And that's the controlling part of me. Like I have to, if I have like an action plan after my journaling today, because mine is current, right? So I have to change some of these things. Then I need to do a better job of instead of seeing like, oh, this didn't get done. I guess I'll do it myself. I need to do a better job of going like this didn't get done. And so it's my responsibility to help this is their job to know what they need to do and how they can do it better, empower them because they have more time. That's their role. That's why they were hired. I want to help them feel purpose. I want to help them. Like I want them to have the validation and the credit for the sale of this thing or the promotion of this thing, getting it in more people's hands, bottom line, which is really, really interesting. I'm sorry. Why are you looking at me like you're bored? No, I'm just listening. I'm just listening. I'm okay. listening to you. You're, you're, I'm processing. You're expressive writing. Now you're expressing it for, to me. Me writing down just will like engrave it into my brain even more. Uh-huh. So I don't know, but I didn't do a current. So I don't know. This expressive writing, what it does for your brain is kind of what I do on my podcast. Like for the Patreon, like Patreon is expressive writing for me in a verbal form. Like, and it also like, so if you've ever thought about doing your own podcast or, or just doing your own audio recordings. That is a phenomenal way to get things from ping-ponging in your brain so fast you can't even follow it to just like getting it out. And who cares if it makes sense? I did hear one TMS specialist say that you can write it or you can verbalize it. Oh. Like you could speak it into your phone. your phone or something. And while you have your credit card out, can we talk for a second about like natural deodorant? Lumi, that's the one. It took me forever to find it. Let's face it, your underarms are not the only place on your body that has odor. Lumi was created by an OBGYN who discovered that, well, our lady parts are not the reason why there is odor. You know, we've heard that from other experts on our show, but still there are times where you just know like, okay, I definitely could be fresher, but I don't want to put anything on my body that is toxic or that isn't like clinically proven to actually block odor. Lumi blocks odor for up to 72 hours. And here's the thing with Lumi. They have an actual deodorant cream 
So you could use a cream like on your inner thighs, around your buttocks, like any place where you're like, I could just stand to be a little fresher after the gym, whatever it is, to give you more confidence. They've got body washes, body wipes, and deodorants, and they're all made for the most sensitive parts of your body, if you know what I mean. You can use them literally anywhere to fight odor. Not only is it super effective, it's also safe and pH optimized to protect your own pH and to help control odor. Lumi Starter Pack is perfect for new customers. It's what I would recommend. It comes with a solid stick. It also has the tube deodorant that I just talked about. Plus you get two additional free products of your choice. You get all of that as a special offer plus $5 off when you go to lumideodorant.com and enter code Shaleen. Again, it's Lumi, L-U-M-E, deodorant.com. Enter code Shaleen. That's going to give you the $5 off, which is basically 40% off your starter kit. So you should check that out. Again, Lumi, deodorant.com. Use code Shaleen. All right, let's get back to the show. I did hear one TMS specialist say that you can write it or you can verbalize it. Oh. Like you could speak it into your... Phone. your phone or something recently i've been saying like i want this to help more people i want this to get to more people and that is the podcast and ironically this is no coincidence yesterday i got a voicemail message from somebody we have a, a line where you can it's a link i'll put it at the top of the show notes where you can call or leave a voice message you can do it on your phone comes through with like a really clear audio and someone left a voicemail message saying for build your tribe and they're like you do all these things can you break down all the members of your team on for each business center or each stream of income? And I think I broke down like three of the 11 streams of income and I talked about all the people we have in place. But the one that's most important to me at the moment... Has the least amount of people. Has the least amount of people in it. And I'm like, well, isn't this interesting? There's three of us on that team and all these other streams of income, we've got like 12 people involved. But you're right. I don't know. We At the beginning of the podcast, I just think it was a way for you to talk about lifestyle and talk about like what's on your mind, kind of like what you're saying. Like We had no idea what it was going to be. It was very minimal in terms of people on the staff. And I think when you do that, when you start out with something small, staff-wise, like and not a lot of resources to it, you forget as it gets bigger that you have to add to it. That's true. And I, I mean, if you look at the, the podcasts that are helping more people because we used to be like super high up in the ratings and now we're not because a number of things the change in the environment it's also because it's 10 times more competitive there's so many more people in this space and the people who are at the top of the game in this space and i don't mean like game but like reaching the most people they're part of a podcast network and they have a team of advertisers like they're advertising and again here's another area where it's like if I don't promote the podcast, no one knows about it. If I don't go on stories, I, like, but I already recorded it. Why do I need to promote it too? You know what I mean? So today's experiment for me is bringing me so much full circle clarity, and I'm excited to do it tomorrow. Me too. I can't wait. 24 more hours, I got to wait and do it again. But I'm telling you right now, when you're done with that, I highly recommend a little guided meditation post. I got done. I was like, I didn't want to stop. Even though it was like 20 minutes, I was like, okay, I'm feeling really good right now. What could really like put the nail in the coffin, tie it up with a cute little bow, right? And that came to my mind. So I did it. I was like, okay, that's never come to my mind before. 
So I was just like, okay, I'll do it. And I just did one on the aura ring for seven minutes. They have like 12 guided meditations for during the day. And they have four for the morning. I picked the least amount of time one, seven minutes, because I wanted to start out. I didn't want to start off with something like, you know, if I picked something that was like 15 minutes, I was like, oh, maybe I don't want to do that anymore. But mm-hmm. seven minutes, piece of cake. So, you know, when you walked in the room yesterday and Michaela was getting ready to take her flight and you walked in the room and we were both breathing deeply. Yeah. Yeah, I walked in and you guys were doing some weird breathing. Michaela constantly does this. <sighs> and when anyone sighs, including you, I can hear you sigh and you can be like downstairs and I can be like, what's wrong? <laughs> and same thing with Michaela. Every time I hear her do a deep sigh, I'm like, what's wrong? I don't know why, but I'm so sensitive when people do like a deep sigh. I only do a deep sigh after I've thought about something that's like set or like I'm just like, oh, God, this is going to be heavy. I don't sigh much. So I guess I'm sensitive or I notice when people have a deep sigh. Anyways, long story short, she had done a couple of deep sighs and I'm like, what's going on? She goes, I don't know. I just I don't think I breathe right. I think I need to learn how to breathe. And I said, yeah. And I said, so. And so she goes, she's got an aura ring. So she's like, you know what? They have a breathing exercise on the aura ring. So we opened up her phone and we picked one. I think it was like breathing to de-stress during the day. He guided us. It was like same as you, like seven minutes. And we did it before she left to get on her flight. And I think probably all of that was very stressful. Yep. That's where I got it, though. The Oregon and it has one for like nighttime before bed and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, there's something to it. Like if you're feeling like some stressors during the day, I mean take out a piece of paper and just start writing down what's stressing you out. And I'm sure you'll get to the bottom of it and it'll probably make you feel better. Cause this morning I wanted to put monkey on a flight back to California <laughs> and then she, it was dark in here and I wanted you to be able to sleep and she can't see, wouldn't walk. And then I was just like, okay, I just got to get this done and get to my journaling and then I'll be better. And I was hoping that would be the case. And it was. You were Googling no kill shelters in Florida. <laughs> I swear. I mean, I shouldn't joke about that, but she's such a sweetie, but she is she's deaf. She's blind. She's 13 and she's 11 pounds. She comes in the elevator and people are like, oh, she's, oh my gosh, she's so scared. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, she's scared. All right. She can't see. I her. don't think she's, yeah, she, but people, she's not like she's shaking scared. It's like when people go to pet her because she can see shapes. So it's like all of a sudden a big shadow is coming at her and she, she will like jump out of her skin. I'll be walking her and she's like looks over and suddenly like sees that I'm standing there and she like jumps because she just sees shadows. Anyways, it's boring. Nobody wants to hear about her dumb dog. Okay. And then lastly, I wanted to talk to you guys about the episode I did on Monday about Ozempic, Wagovi. I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on all the other names of the same semaglutides, the weight loss medication, the injectables. So that really struck a chord. First of all, I want to thank you guys because I personally received an overwhelmingly positive response, even though I could tell inside the pod squad, it sparked all kinds of kind of bickering and angry conversations back and forth. I actually had to jump in the pod squad and say, all right, now listen, this is a place where we can and need to express opinions that maybe don't align with somebody else's. I don't want to be like the hall monitor, but there's no need to fight. There's no need to call someone ignorant. There's no need to call someone a name or just to be rude or aggressive when someone disagrees with you, number one. So just a reminder, you will never change anyone's mind about anything. 
on Facebook. I don't care if it's the Pod Squad or any other group. If it's in social media, just it's pointless. You are, just will never change somebody else's mind, ever, ever, ever. So you ruin your own day when you think, okay, if I spend 30 minutes writing this response and explaining my position, they will read it and they will suddenly realize that they were wrong all along. When I log back into Facebook, I'm going to get this big apology response. You know that has never happened in the history of Facebook. Like it's never going to happen. And I want y'all to know that it's okay. We can still love people who have a different opinion of us. And it's okay to even think that someone is ignorant. It's okay to think that. Just don't say it because it doesn't do anyone any good. You know what I'm saying? Like you're certainly never going to change somebody's mind when you're calling them a name or making accusations about their lifestyle choices, their medical choices, making accusations like you know what's best for someone. Like we just don't. That's just silly. But I do think it's really important that we have these kind of conversations because I know that's how I learn. And I have to say that like after doing the episode, I heard from both sides. Like I heard from people who were like, this has changed and saved my life. I have been 100 pounds overweight for all of my life. I've been on it for three years. I have very few side effects. One gal wrote and said, you know, the only side effect that I have is mild constipation, which is very easy for me to manage. And I had every other chronic health condition related to obesity until I found this medication. It's been a godsend. And at the time I was type two diabetic and I needed this to survive. And it's completely changed my life. I can't even like I'm a, now I don't have to have knee surgery and I don't have hypertension and I'm off medication and so many positive things. And here's the part that really hit home for me. She said, until you have walked in the shoes of someone who's 100 pounds overweight, you just cannot imagine the shame and the treatment that you receive. You can't imagine the thoughts you have about yourself. It's a pretty horrific way to exist. And some of us get to a point where we just don't even want to exist. And then it becomes this downward cycle and your hormones are all dysregulated and you're always hungry and... And she had tried every single diet and every single workout program. In fact, that's how she had found me. She had done all of my workout programs. And she just said, like, this really did, has taught me everything. She also mentioned that she has been able to titrate down on her dosage. And she hopes to, at some point, come off of it. But she also knows that she has to make those lifestyle changes or the weight's going to come back. And she says, this is what really made it possible. So stories like that were great. I also got stories from people who were like, I gained 20 pounds over the pandemic and my doctor put me on it, the Wagovi. I had major nausea. I lost like, I can't remember how much weight, but it was like a ton of weight in the first two weeks, just like dropped all this weight. And she had also lost all of her muscle. And then she got an autoimmune disease because she was so weak and malnourished. And then she went off the Wagovi and all of her weight came back on and then some. Now listen, every story is anecdotal. It's just that person's story. It doesn't mean it's going to be like that, anything like that for you, or could be completely opposite. It's the same thing like all medications, right? Some people talk about Adderall making them feel buzzy and insane and other people, it makes their brains feel quiet. Like every single person is different. It's a medical decision. My overriding concern, the thing that I'm worried about, if I had a crystal ball, I am most worried about these reality stars and the celebrities 
who are dropping weight fast because they influence our young girls. They influence all of us. What am I talking about? They influence everyone, but especially women. We are really subjected to the way people are kind of glamorized and celebrated and talked about the more weight they lose. And I just don't know if it's like, you know, when you buy a green car and then suddenly that's all you see is green cars. Like today, it must be either the Instagram algorithm or the TikTok algorithm. Like every single freaking thing I saw on my page was about some celebrity or Hollywood person who over the last, this is not just a new thing. Like the craze has probably been the last year, but a lot of celebrities have been on this stuff. Probably some very well-known larger celebrities that you know who I'm not going to name by name who like suddenly they're 100 pounds thinner. Well, I'm just saying that concerns me. When people start doing things that compromise their health because they believe that thin is how you get love, it's how you get acceptance, it's how you stay ahead of the game, it's how you control the way people view you, and it's not. That's just, it's just a very slippery slope. For anyone who's ever suffered from an eating disorder, it is the loneliest place to be. Don't mess around with this stuff. Listen to me. Your life is too valuable for you to give it away to an eating disorder. And that's what happens with drugs like this in the hands of the wrong people. When they get in the hands of the wrong people and they start influencing others, like it's just that piece scares me. But that's true of any drug. Any drug, when it gets in the hands of the wrong people, can cause destruction. So we'll keep talking about this. Listen, there is a link at the top of my show notes where you can leave a voicemail message. And I would love to do a follow up episode where I'm just sharing people's personal experience with it. You can leave me your voicemail message. I think it's up to three minutes. You can do it completely anonymous if you want. Tell us your story. Tell us what you really think. I'd love to know. All right, you guys. Thank you also for accepting and being excited about this new change where Wednesdays are going to be more of a personal episode. And I've got a great episode showing up for you on Friday. I can't wait. Gives me more time to research for it. And my team has been so phenomenal with this as well. And thank you to everyone who is sharing the show by texting it to someone saying you need to follow The Shalene Show because this stuff is good. All right. I appreciate you. I love you. I mean it. And I'll talk to you soon. Hey, if you enjoyed the show, just do me a favor and double check and make sure that you're subscribed or following if you're actually someone who listens on the Apple podcast. And if you've got just like 30 seconds, it would really mean the world to me if you were able to leave a five-star review and tell me specifically what it is you liked about this episode. My show is released every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I do also have a business podcast that comes out on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I host that with my son, Brock. It's called Build Your Tribe. You should check it out. There's always a link in the show notes. I'm sure you know this, but on Fridays, my episodes are very casual. It's very personal. It's usually stuff with myself and my husband. And if you love that kind of stuff, I want to invite you to check out my Patreon. It's all of the Shaleen Show episodes ad-free. In addition to that, for just $5 a month, you get extra episodes. And this is this is the stuff that's like kind of too personal to put on the Shaleen Show. It, it's all personal stuff. There's like no like personal development. It's just real, raw, what's going on in our lives, stuff we can't talk about on the show. However, if you are easily offended, Patreon is not for you. That's not the place to be, all right? You can learn more about it by going to patreon.com forward slash The Shaleen Show. 
Any of the links that I referenced in this episode will show up in the show notes, which are just below the episode. To learn more about the services that I offer and to take advantage of some of the free resources, I invite you to check out my website, which can be found at shaleen.com. 